0: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest.
2: Hello and welcome to You're in Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I'm Maddie and as always, I'm in some very good company
1: with my co-host Sophie. Okay, so obviously if you listened to last week's episode, (laughs) you would have heard this voice. Disclaimer, we're recording on the same day because we did the interview with the lovely Jordan on the same day. So you're going to have two weeks of This. (laughs) this <laughs> sore
2: throat and nasally voice. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> but today we are very excited to welcome back to your Ingle company Jordan Franklin aka the Happy Spender. Last week Jordan helped us to break down everything we need to know about the world's largest cryptocurrency Ethereum. and today she is back to help us break down the world of NFTs. From side hustle to full-time job, Jordan has gone from sharing her crypto learning journey on TikTok to working full-time in content creation and Web3 consulting. We can think of no better person to help us understand this exciting and crazy part of the investing world. So Jordan, welcome back.
1: Thank you so much for having me again. <laughs> Jordan, last time we had you on, we actually didn't touch on really what the happy spender was, which is, you know, your full-time gig at the moment. Can you give us a little bit of a background of what the happy spender is? Sure. So
3: I'm the happy spender because I'm definitely not a happy saver. Um, and I've, <laughs> I've always been like that. I think you're either a saver or a spender and I'm definitely a spender. And so at risk of kind of um, blowing my money up the wall and, you know, not saving anything and not securing my, my future, I had to find a way to spend money that would indeed like help me do that and create, um, you know, financial independence. So, you know, the happy spending, you know, means anything and can mean different things to different different people. Um, but for me, definitely a part of happy spending is spending on investments, mostly stocks and crypto and now NFTs, um, which I can't wait to get into. But the evolution of the happy spender is sort of went from focusing on stocks and, and financial sort of, I guess, or you know, um, personal wealth more to now fully fledged cryptocurrency and education in the Web3 space. And I love spending in the Web3 space. So it's only fitting, but I would actually love to know for you guys, what is a happy spend for you? What's something that you like to spend on that makes you happy?
1: Oh, question back to us.
2: (laughs) I would say at risk of sounding very Marie Kondo, something that sparks joy. So for me, whether it be like travel or food or investing, because for me, investing is all about putting my money in companies that I really believe in and like really support the values of. So yeah, that would be happy spending
1: for me, sparking joy.
2: Love that. It's a great answer.
1: Mine randomly, like if I think about it on the spot, the one thing that gives me so much joy is when I buy someone like a present that they really value and love, like when you've put the thought behind it and then like it's something that kind of brightens their day. So I mean, I love spending on fricking everything, but like spending on other people does bring me a lot of joy.
3: (laughs) Oh, so you've got got gift giving as a love language. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's a really, that's a really good one. Yeah, that's a really good one.
1: I didn't I was just like, do I ask you another question? Cause then the interviewers turned back on us, but <laughs> we're <Yes>. the interviewers. <laughs> I Sorry. was like, no, it's still us, let's go. <laughs> so what excites you the most about the crypto space?
3: I think the opportunity to learn more about a very like exciting and emerging space. The thing that excites me the most is really the thing I work on every day, and that's making or taking something that is super complex and making it easy to understand. Really, for myself, and then you know, also have other people benefit from that. Um, But I think as well, you know, if I'm looking into the cryptocurrency space outward, it's you know, the opportunity to reconfigure communities and how we do business and how we transact with each other. There's so much to the cryptocurrency space, and I guess in line with today's topic, I am extremely excited about what. NFTs can mean for the the future of the Web3 space as well. And making sure that people sort of understand what they are used for, but also what they can be used for and how that can relate to their everyday life.
2: Well, I know for me NFTs are something that honestly it just goes straight over my head. I just (laughs) I, I find it really quite hard to fathom the use case. But let's start at the very beginning. What does NFT stand for? NFT stands for non-fungible token. So,
3: something that is non-fungible is unique and not replaceable. So, a fungible asset might be a $20 note. You can exchange it one for one. Um, You can take A $20 note and exchange it with an identical $20 note, they're they're both the same. Currency is a fungible asset, but something like art, diamonds, or baseball cards are non-fungible because there are no two kinds that are exactly the same. So when we talk about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, we're just talking about non-fungible digital and can be non-digital assets as well. It's just a thing that you, an NFT is a thing that you
1: own. And how did they originate? Because I know that cryptocurrencies have been around for a long time, but for me personally, I feel like I've only heard of NFTs over the past couple of years. Do they have a lot more history to them?
3: Sure. So I guess- There are two main stages of, you know, where NFTs came from. They were first developed using variations of the Bitcoin blockchain when people were experimenting with, you know, okay, we can create a currency on a blockchain. Can we create non-fungible assets on the blockchain? So the origin of NFTs really sort of went in two stages. You had You know, people experimenting with the idea of NFTs first using um, versions of the Bitcoin blockchain, and then NFTs eventually found a home on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, And that's a much better sort of space for NFTs to exist because Bitcoin was really developed um, for the Bitcoin cryptocurrency, not for non-fungible sort of assets. And the first recorded NFT was by an artist called Kevin McCoy in in 2014 and his work is called Quantum. You can go and Google that if you want to see what it looks like. You know, sort of since then people have realised that you can use NFTs for for lots of different things and right now we are seeing people use NFTs mostly, you know, as, as artwork but there's also a lot of utility behind those NFTs and I'm sure we'll probably get into that later. But it's very easy to see the NFT world now and think, you know, um, there's always a story behind something that has become as popular as it, as it has. And there is a reason for why NFTs are so popular. Um, and there is a big history um, behind that. And, and their value is sort of proven and also evolving
2: as well. So you mentioned there that NFTs live on the Ethereum blockchain. Can you give us a little bit more insight into how the NFT world works? How do the two actually interact? Definitely. So
3: NFTs can live on any blockchain that has the technology to, to support it, essentially. So NFTs can live on the Ethereum blockchain, the um, Solana blockchain, a whole bunch of other blockchains that just that blockchain just has, has to have the capability to, to record the NFT data, essentially, Um, or at least I believe that's how it works I'm still, you know, getting around the whole, the, the more technical aspects of it. So in terms of how the NFT world works, you've got creators and buyers. So something can only become an NFT once it is minted on the blockchain. So you might take an image of something and then you mint it, which means you are basically giving that NFT a special code. And that code is stored on the blockchain as a permanent
2: record of, of ownership of that NFT. Just love all of the terms. I know. In the space. <laughs> it's like gas fees, mining, minted. They're so entertaining. I don't know why I find it. Like- I
3: think they're quite entertaining as well. Like I kind of love the, the crypto lingo. It kind of, it can seem like a, a bit of a different language at times, but yeah, it's a lot of fun once you start to get into it and once you start to understand what everything means. But yeah, so you, you've got your creators and your buyers, so you can, the Person, a person will create that NFT and then they will uh, list it on an NFT marketplace. So there needs to be a place where buyers can go and buy the NFT. And an NFT marketplace or an example of one is OpenSea or a- another example is Solanart or Immutable as well. Immutable is an Australian sort of found NFT marketplace. So the buyer that can then go and and buy the NFT and they will officially own that NFT. But every time that that NFT is sold on, the original creator can choose to basically have like retain a stake in the NFT. So every time the NFT is sold on, the original creator is actually getting like kind of like royalties from from each sale so it the nfts actually provide a really cool opportunity for the original creator of something to retain their their stake in that and not have to pay like a like a fee to the record label or to the art gallery or whatever for for selling that that thing it's the purpose of the nft marketplace is to facilitate that transaction between creator and buyer and that's how how it works on a very high
1: level (laughs) I think the key theme that I'm kind of picking up here is that that's that whole decentralization thing again. You know, without that middleman, you kind of still have that right and autonomy over whatever your art is. You mentioned a couple of platforms there which people can use as a marketplace. And I've been on OpenSea and it's kind of like online shopping for art. Yes. <laughs> in a way, is how I find it. <laughs> But obviously there are some NFTs that are more valuable than others and we'll get into the value cases in a little bit, but I guess I wanted to know how do you find out about upcoming NFT projects and, you know, what to be engaged with?
3: There are lots of sources of information, so knowing where to go is tricky. Twitter is probably one of the best spaces. I mean, crypto Twitter is like a whole subculture of Twitter, it's just absolutely enormous it's a very vibrant and buzzing community and it's kind of by following different people on on twitter that you you find out about projects also influencers have a huge kind of role to play in this space in terms of bringing information to people about upcoming nft projects because they'll get contacted by an nft project so you know, I, I would if you're looking to learn more about um, NFTs and upcoming NFTs projects. There's a guy, an Aussie guy based up in Brisbane, actually. His name's Josh, and he runs a page called NFTs for Noobs.
1: So for us, pretty much. That
2: sounds
3: that <laughs> yeah. Sounds so right. for everyone, really, including <laughs> myself. <laughs> um, so you know, people follow. It's it's good to follow people like him to to kind of find out about you know emerging projects because they can be tricky to to look for. There's so many as well that it's, you know, it's difficult to know what's good and and what's not. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why an NFT project might be good versus not not very good.
2: Yeah. And I'm keen to get into that in just a moment. But before we do, do you have any Twitter accounts that you would be able to shout out, any go-tos that you enjoy? Because I feel like this is a space, Twitter is a space that is so valuable for this kind of information. But like my Twitter is empty. Like I don't know where to get where to get the info.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just And also to trust.
3: Yeah. I was the same as you, Maddie. Like I I just could not get around Twitter for some reason. And then ever since being in the crypto space I've gotten more into it. Um, I'm not very active on Twitter. I just like to follow people and keep up with the, the (laughs) goss. Oh gosh. I think that maybe I'll send you uh, a few people that I really like to follow on Twitter. Um, and then you can include those in the show notes because yeah, it's, it's tricky to sort of you know, I want to give you the, the best ones for, for your audience. and
2: <laughs> instead. Sorry, I put you on the spot there.
3: <laughs> no, no, not, not, not at all. Um, but I guess it's something that I'm really focusing on right now is following more women in the NFT space and also following more um, female and non-binary inclusive NFT projects. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a space that I'm really honing in on at the moment to, to learn more about.
1: Well, I'm keen to chat about what actually makes an NFT very valuable. But before we do, we're just going to take a quick break for our sponsors.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role.
1: Maddie and I have WhatsApped before and the WhatsApp chain goes something like, you know, what's the value of an NFT? And I'm like, you know, well, art's valuable because of the artist. And then Maddie's like, yeah, but I could screenshot your NFT and then I have it and then you have it and then I'm valuable. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) But what I'm trying to ask is, and we see it all the time, people say, oh, you could just screenshot an NFT and have it like what makes an NFT valuable?
3: Great question. So yes, you can screenshot an NFT. Um, You can have the image, but you don't own the rights to that image. And that is what makes the NFT valuable. So I guess just like if you buy a piece of art and you have a certificate that proves that you own that piece of art, it's the same with an NFT. So when you buy an NFT, there is proof that you actually own that NFT. And at a, at a high level, I'd say that a lot of the value that comes from owning NFTs is bragging rights. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, you know, there's a full spectrum of, you know, what makes an NFT valuable, but ultimately, you know, bra- bragging rights forms a really big part of that. You can brag that you have a screenshot of my NFT or I can brag that I own the original the original, you know. I heard a great quote that was, "Everyone can buy the Monet print,
2: but there can only be one original owner of the Monet painting." That actually makes a lot of sense to me because I think my biggest argument back to Soph when we were having that WhatsApp conversation was like, "But when I buy a piece of art, the reason why it's valuable in my mind is because I can hang it in my house and I can look at it and it looks nice. Whereas when I buy the NFT version, like it just sits." on my phone or, you know.
3: It's really funny that you say that because, and that, you know, I thought the same thing, you know, well, I get to hang the piece of art um, in my own home and, but who's really going to see it? You, like it's there for you to enjoy. Like, you know, people would, could argue the the same thing about having a physical piece of art. They're like, well, you know, it's really there for you to enjoy. But the way that people display you know their their nfts is yes you can display it on a screen at home if you really want to but people are actually displaying their nfts as you know in online communities so they're kind of going well i own i own this nft and in the eyes of the community that makes that person <laughs> cool or like whatever it's it's also it's it's like all very subjective and ultimately things are only valuable if we say that they're valuable you know, things can be valuable because of certain attributes, but, um, with some of the projects that you see, you sort of will look at the image of an, of an ape or like, or like a cartoon and you'll go like, what on earth is the value of that?
2: We're going to get to that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly.
3: Exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure we will.
1: (laughs) So you've just said that, you know, you can display your NFTs in online communities. Is that its main use case to, is it a display of wealth or are there other use cases as well?
3: I mean, think about it in terms of like um, a, a blue verified tick on a profile, right? Um, that blue verified tick, and, and I'm taking this from Gary v. Um, I think this is just a great analogy, but you look at a, a blue verified tick, that, that tick belongs to someone. And in the eyes of um, the Twitter community, the Instagram community, the influencer community, whatever, that, that person is verified in your eyes and it makes them special, And NFTs can sort of perform a very similar thing. They they can kind of give you this um, I guess, status in in the eyes of of other people. But that's not what they're the, the only thing that they're they're good for. I mean, you know, you can hold an NFT and by by holding that NFT it grants you access to a community, to certain people, to certain events, and I guess an example of that. Recently, I bought uh, an NFT from the My BFF project, um, and their whole mission is to bring more women and non-binary people into the Web3 space. And by holding one of those NFTs that I paid three thousand dollars for, I, you know, get invited to BFFCon, which is like a really big event that they hold in the states every year. And I get invited to regional workshops and special online. You know video calls with people like Gwyneth Paltrow and Mila Kunis who are talking about you know NFT so I think when we're thinking about the utility it's yes it's nice to look at but also it's it's what holding that NFT grants you as well and because there are only a certain amount of NFTs the magic number seems to be sort of ten thousand in a collection then you know that you're part of this
2: special community it's exclusive that's what makes NFTs valuable. And I guess then going back to what we said before as well, it sort of shifts that power back to creators as well because they're able to have the ownership over what they create. I do want to touch on some of the risks. We talked last week about scammers and I know, you know, NFTs is something that I'd be quite interested in potentially investing in. But honestly, I just feel like I would buy something that would is it? Is this the right term? Get the rug pull. That would do a rug pull on me. <laughs> that's definitely yes. not how you say it.
3: No, yeah, no, that's that's right. A rug pull. Rug pull. Go, are Maddie. A risk. Using
2: the jargon. <laughs> how do you know that when you invest in an NFT that you are buying something that's legitimate? It is about spending time in the space,
3: researching, and then being able to figure out what is valuable versus what is not valuable. So for me, you know, as well, I think we shouldn't just look at NFTs as an investment, as something that we can then sell for a profit. Lots of people NFT flip, meaning they only buy NFTs to then sell them and make a profit, but we need to rethink how we, you know, how we look at NFTs and go, well, I'm actually buying that NFT, I'm investing the money into that NFT because, it gets me X, Y, Z as a result. It's it's good to invest in ourselves, right? Like we we kind of talk about investing in our knowledge, spending money on say like an online course to to learn about something new. Personally, me buying into the, the, the My BFF project was, okay, I'm spending money to be part of a community where I can network with like-minded females and, and non-binary people, I can feel um, more included in the cryptocurrency space, and I can go to events and connect with all of these people that I that I get to meet. And, you know, maybe one day I want to develop my own project. Well, there's probably a whole bunch of software developers in that community too, and other people with experience that I can connect with and, and build something together. So, you know, for me, I think it's it's buying that nft is an investment in myself and you know if one day um i want to buy out of that community then then i can then i can sell it if i want to um, but not every nft in fact the majority are not going to be sold for a profit i think it's important that people see the genuine sort of value in that for them first and foremost before they think about its value to you know the people that they're going to sell it onto.
2: This is awesome. I feel like NFTs are so much more than I initially realised. I did just want to clarify one point. When you're buying NFTs, are you using Ethereum?
3: You can use Ethereum. So OpenSea, for example, um, is an NFT marketplace that is built on the Ethereum blockchain. So you pay for the NFTs in Ethereum. Um, just like you pay for NFTs in Seoul the the cryptocurrency of the Solana blockchain if you're using or if you're purchasing an NFT in in an NFT marketplace that is built on the Solana blockchain it depends on the blockchain as to what cryptocurrency you're you're paying for it
1: with I love the broader perspective that you've brought into this conversation because I think it just completely outweighs Maddie and my thoughts of <laughs> screenshotting pictures for us to be able to join the conversation you know and kind of be little bit more experts when we chat to people about it, what are some of the projects that we need to know about? You've mentioned my BFF. you know, now we can drop that, bit of a name drop. Are there any others that are, you know, big in the space? And I guess, can you give us a rundown on why these are particularly popular? I really
3: tend to focus on projects that resonate with me. So I think it would be quite difficult to try and get across absolutely every single project that is afoot in the NFT space because, There are so many so the two that I'm really focused on at the moment are my BFF and boss beauties, because I really like their mission to bring more women into web three. And it's a very inclusive community. And I like being a part of that, but, you know, I also know of another project called meta bogans and, you know, they have a collection of, I think it's 5,000 NFTs of these like pixelated bogans holding like VB cans and wearing bin tanks and whatever. And, um, you know, their their whole thing is they wanna they they've built a brewery in the metaverse. So by holding one of those NFTs, you know, people get access into that into the brewery and into the pub and, you know, their online community is incredible. I mean it's it's so genuine and I'm fairly sure that that community is so strong that I think there are people in Melbourne who like go and meet up at the pub, like they meet through the Metabogans project and go and meet up at the pub. And I think two people even went on a date having met through that community. So, you know, I think it's what are the, the, the projects have to, for me personally, have to, have to resonate um, with me. Um, so think about what, what are your values? Like what would you, what, what do you want to be a part of? Um, and then, you know, sort of it helps narrow down the search when you're thinking about those valuable NFT projects.
2: I have to ask, and somehow I feel like these aren't going to really resonate with my values, but I have heard a lot about CryptoPunks and Apes, and I would love if you could give me just a really quick rundown of, I think, is CryptoPunks the most expensive NFT ever to be sold? Like, Why? I don't have like an intense focus
3: on the sort of the board eight yacht club crypto punk world because I just it's not <laughs> yeah. just that that <laughs> what is it <laughs> it's it's tricky right I mean these NFTs go for millions of dollars but again it comes back to being part of this exclusive community there are only so many people that hold that NFT and um but but what actually takes an NFT like that and then blows it up to this, you know, to be, you know, this enormous store of like value and wealth is tricky to, tricky to sort of like assess like what is the tip over point. Um, But, um, you know, it all comes back to feeling part of an exclusive community and the people who are buying into those projects is celebrities, um, people in the tech industry, people with lots of money. They're inflating the value of, of those NFTs and, you know, because they're part of that club, it's like they get access to each other. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all like being part of a secret club and, it, you know, who's part of that secret club then, you know, can really determine the value of the membership into that club and your membership token is your nft
1: gosh it's so interesting isn't it
3: it is interesting and yet ridiculous <laughs> like you know, you look at projects like that it's just a bit bizarre but
1: well with artists i always think you know they've got some incredible skill and talent and that's what makes their art valuable but then I look at these apes with different hats and i'm like Come on, guys. We, we all know the
3: influencing world. It's a very lucrative industry, right? You've got influencers who um, are earning a lot of money from, from companies that are sponsoring them to promote certain products, to promote a certain lifestyle, you know, whatever. Um, so the money is going between the company and, and the influencer, right? Um, because then followers buy the products that they're promoting, etc. But what if there was a way to buy an NFT? Say, for example, you discover an influencer early on and you think, cool, I think this person could be really big. And that influencer could release a collection of, say, 5,000 or 10,000 NFTs. You could buy one of those NFTs. Then as that influencer's success grows, you share in the upside success of that. So it kind of lets it it kind of brings followers more into the game where they go okay well I can see an investment opportunity I'm going to buy this NFT for $100 cuz I think this person's going to be big and then as their success grows so too does the value of the NFT that the follower holds based on based on their relative success. So I think you know in thinking about NFTs there's, there's so many ways that you can that you can think about it and that you can think about redistributing wealth and also reconfiguring what those online communities look like you know and and bringing more people into the fold so yeah it's, it's a very interesting space
1: well jordan each week we get a guest to add to our watch list it can be a stock company piece of news trend anything that's of interest to you at the moment we are not financial advisors this is just to get us thinking outside our box not financial advice but what are you adding to the watch list today
3: So there are a few things on my watch list at the moment. Firstly, I'll say that with this big downturn in the cryptocurrency market, it's a really great opportunity for us all to take a step back and reset and start thinking about the next wave of investment opportunity in the space. So for me, I am absolutely looking at projects that uh, specialize in decentralized storage solutions. That sounds confusing, but let's put it into context in terms of the conversation we've had today. So you buy an NFT, you know, it's displayed in your cryptocurrency wallet, but that NFT has to be stored somewhere. There has to be a place on the blockchain where it is stored. And there is a job in maintaining that storage. It doesn't kind of just you know, happen. There's behind the scenes things that, you know, you have to have some place to store it. And there have been instances where people have opened their cryptocurrency wallet and the NFTs are just disappearing. And I guess you could say that's another, n- another risk, but unless those NFTs, unless the data is stored properly, then you run the risk of NFTs just kind of like disappearing from people's wallets. So, and decentralized storage solutions are definitely, um, key in, in making sure that that doesn't happen. And that's just one of many examples. So I'll really be looking at projects that are specializing in storages. I mean, it sounds important. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's boring, but it's definitely, um, important to learn about if you, you know, if you kind of want to get on the next wave of, I guess, up and coming things. And then just another thing to add is I am so keen on any projects that, um, any NFT project like my BFF and Boss Beauties that that has a real mission to bring more people into the space and be more inclusive, because I think cryptocurrency has this reputation for being a place for like the next generation of tech bros or finance bros, and it absolutely shouldn't be like that. And anyone should feel welcome into the space. Um, so I think that there is a big opportunity. In that and those are the kinds of communities that that I want to be a part of definitely
2: going to be looking more into that one it sounds incredible Jordan I have one final question for you and that is do you think NFTs are fad or future we could just write off the entire episode with this one question
3: so Vitalik Buterin, <laughs> the the founder of Ethereum was actually asked this question during an interview and he said you know which I think hits the nail on the head there are many fads within the the nft space at the moment but ultimately they are the future the technology is absolutely here to stay and when we look at nfts as right now we're just seeing a lot of like jpegs and a lot of cartoons and a lot of like hype but when we look at what an nft does that it proves ownership of something a digital or non-digital asset that is super super important and you know, um, I could wax lyrical all day about examples of, of why that matters, especially in developing nations, um, where you know it's important that people are able to prove ownership of, of their physical assets, their their house um, or, or whatever it is. Um, there's huge utility for for NFTs and huge potential for them. It's just the, the way that they're currently being um, traded and you know, the sort of perception of the NFT space at the moment makes it tricky to see that bigger picture.
1: I think you have absolutely opened our eyes with this one. (laughs) So we very much (laughs) appreciate you coming on today for a second episode and running us through the NFT space. Jordan, if anyone wants to follow you, learn more about you
2: and the work that you're doing, what should they do? So I am mainly on TikTok
3: and Instagram at the underscore happy spender. And those are the two spaces that I really like to exist in. And, yeah, so you can head over there to follow me for more crypto and NFT-related content. I'm also really interested to hear feedback and, and to know what people would like to see. And let's learn about the Web3 space together.
2: We said it last week, but we'll absolutely say it again. I think Soph and I have learned a lot from your TikTok in particular, so we highly recommend going to check it out. And, yeah, thank you so much for your time today and for your time that you spend creating content on TikTok and Instagram because it's super valuable and it really opens the whole world up for people like us to be able to get involved too. So thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks Jordan. It's actually unbelievable how differently I think about NFTs through one conversation. I feel like I'm so easily influenced but it's also just a learning journey.
2: Yeah I have to say that one really blew my mind just mainly in regards to the utility of NFTs. I think prior to this episode it was something that I really struggled to get my head around but got a lot more insight out
1: of that one. Jordan mentioned a lot of resources in this episode, so we'll make sure that we collate a list and get that to you guys in our Facebook group at YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group. And as always, you can join us on Instagram and TikTok
2: at YIGC Podcast. We are very excited to do a second episode about NFTs next week with an artist who has been getting involved in creating them. So make sure you tune in next week. But until next time. Catch you then. Your In Good Company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in
3: this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Your In Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast.